Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi there, good evening and welcome to this is Ibrox, it's your Rangers podcast, it's your Wednesday warm-up. My name is Scott Patterson, if you're joining us across our social media YouTube channel tonight, then we appreciate your time. We're available right across social media on Twitter, X of course, as it's known now, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. If you are watching us on our YouTube channel tonight, please like and share and subscribe. Comment if you like, leave us a pleasant comment if you if you so please. Um, we're always glad to, to hear what you've got to say about what we're doing. Um, each time we appear in front of your your eyes um, a couple of times during the week. On tonight's pod, as we look ahead to the Europa League match day four against AC Sparta Prague tomorrow at Ibrox. Lots to discuss. We talk about the transformation, really, in Scott Wright and John Lundstrom, the importance of reaching another League Cup final, um, of course, in December. Uh, two Player of the Match, Player of the Month, rather, awards have been handed out this week to, to Rangers players. Seema getting the, the sort of big one. And, and Jack Butland getting the, the supporters one, which I think is quite exciting. We'll speak about that later on. We'll look ahead, as I say, to, to match day four tomorrow. And we will also cover a little bit as the pod progresses on the, the fans forum that I called at Emerson House uh, last night. Lots of juicy wee tidbits that, that, that came out of that yesterday. Um, joining me on the pod, and we will do it in order of age. Sorry, Jamie. Um, hi, Therese Cochran. Hi, Reese. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Scott. How are you? Yes, very well. Good to have you on, as always. Uh, cheers, mate. Always a pleasure. And GB from the world is back. Hi, Jamie. Hey, good afternoon, lads. Yeah, looking forward to talking about Rangers. It's always nice uh, on the back of a good another good week. So uh, long may it continue tomorrow. There, listen, there's absolutely there's lots to there's actually a lot more to discuss than what I thought. Um, and listen, Kyle, who usually hosts, of course, the Wednesday warm up, usually. Um, Let's us into this wee on this day thing that he does. I've picked out three on this days, uh, 8th of November, um, 1991 Rangers signed Dale Gordon. Now, Reese, you will not remember him. JB, I suspect you might. Um, joined us from Norwich City for 1.2 million um, back in 1991, won two leagues at Ibrox, a Scottish Cup, 
and a Scottish League Cup leaving in 1993 for a move to West Ham United. In 1997 on this day, Rangers beat Celtic 1-0 Ibrox, a Richard Goff, what was kind of like a scuffed effort, I think, from just outside the six-yard box, Brian Loudrop assist. One of the big memorable, memorable things for that afternoon was Andy Gorham making an incredible double save from, from Henrik Larson. Two headers, quick succession, two fantastic saves. And one more recently that you will definitely remember, Reese, I'm sure, from the 55 season on this day in 2020, we beat Hamilton 8-0 at Ibrox. James Tavernier scored two, Aribo got two, Roof scored two, Arfield and the last scorer, any idea? Zunga. Oh, it's a good guess. It's not right, but it's, I was nearly I nearly went Roy Walker there on you. But it's a good guess. But it's not right. Brandon Barker was the other scorer that afternoon. Brandon Barker, remember him? Goodness me. Um. So yeah, that's that's our on this days for on on this time, eighth of November, and, and the recent past. Rangers progressed to the Scottish League Cup at the weekend with a three 0 victory over Hearts at at the weekend. Big Sunday right before Christmas, which should be quite exciting. We look forward to that. Um. JB, I think Clement coming in, we've we've seen we've seen a step up, and you always see a new manager bounce. Listen, the reality is we've seen it with Michael Beale when he came in after after Geo departed. There is a bounce. Um, I want to speak to you about Scott Wright and and John Lundstrom in that order. Scott Wright came off the bench, obviously in the game at the weekend, and completely changed it in Rangers' favour. Uh, I've, I've not long said to you before we started tonight. I'm not sure if Todd Cantwell comes out after half time that Rangers look as comfortable as what they did in the second half. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I think it is. I think um, if we're talking about the difference between playing ability between Cantwell and Wright, then I think that's a bit of a no-brainer. We know where we are with that. But in terms of maybe what the game needed on the day, um, really pleased the fact that Clement seen something that none of us seen, uh, which is always pleasing because I think Matt, the, certainly under Geo and... Um, and Michael Beale recently, everything felt very predictable. So it was almost of a case of you could see the next move coming. You could almost you could always set your watch by it in certain times as well. But I think with with, with the manager, he's um, whether because he hasn't got that emotive connection that we kind of thrive for, he yeah. almost looks at things maybe in a wee bit more black and white. So if he's seeing a gap or an opportunity to get in behind, then um, then he then he executes, um, takes out the emotion. Um, I think if if Cantwell had came up, I mean, my first reaction was Cantwell must be carrying it off. Yeah. Uh, not for a second to think Scott Wright was coming on as a tactical change. We kind of didn't learn that until a wee bit later on. Um, obviously, Cantwell had been booked, and it did feel like one of them afternoons where any any time the Hearts player went down, he was given everything. Um, again, not complaining, no conspiracies or anything like that here, but it was just almost it was just one of them games where everything kind of felt as if it was. It was going against us. Cantwell's yellow card was ridiculous. Um, so if one of them came up again, another opportunity, then it would have been um, it would have been a much more difficult game with ten men. But no, fair play to Scott Wright. Uh, no doubt we're going to go into a wee bit of detail in terms of what we think of him and uh, what he's done for the club so far since he arrived. But uh, certainly on Sunday, he he ticked the box. He came on. He made an impact. And uh, fair play to him. Um, yeah, he's definitely turned things around over the last week or so. Reese, he's playing under his, his fourth his manager at the club, obviously, um, Gerard Van Bronckhorst, Beale, and, and now uh, Clement. You could argue, of course, Stephen Davis in there in the middle um, in some way, shape, or form. Um, he strikes me as he's, he's a classic winger, confidence player. I think if you're playing him in a position that he's familiar with, 
which clearly is going to be on that right wing. You you will get a shift from him. Now, whether he's the sort of guy who you're going to rely on as a, a starter regularly, I think that's a different debate, and we could probably have a podcast ourselves on quite a few of the current members of the squad and that, frankly. But I think if you're, if you're bringing him on and he's having the clear impact that he did on Saturday, Sunday past, um, he's a good person to have in and around the squad, considering, do you know what I mean, we go back, two, two and a half, three months, he was speaking about his departure to Turkey almost. Aye, definitely. Um, I, I really like Scott Wright. Personally, I know he gets a lot of stick. Perhaps it's because he's, you no, know, this foreign name. I know there's that cliche in football that Allard Daishiola and all that, right? But if Scott Wright was foreign, I reckon he'd get more praise. If he'd been brought in for five million for a Spanish yeah. Valiga team, he would be regarded a lot higher. I like how he's he's really good at carrying the ball, keep progressing the ball up the field, but it's not the kind of progression that Kent would have, but it was carrying it very, like horizontally across yep. the park and not getting anywhere and then passing it to Bunchroom. Right, he'll beat his man, he'll take somebody on, he's got that wee turn of pace to turn me the other way and get by you and play a pass. I think he's really effective for us and it showed on Sunday that it, he was magnificent in turning the game around and he'll be a big mess tomorrow. Do you think Reese is someone that Clement is maybe... Obviously, we, we know all the players are effectively starting with a clean slate. Brand new white page, as he said, when he arrived. Um, I, I do wonder if you feel that he's someone that is... That maybe applies to a, that little bit more because of... He, he does get a tough time. He can't feel but hear it. I think that he... He was used pretty poorly under the previous regime. There was games that I think it was one of Beale's last games. He was he was almost playing as a defensive mid at parts for no real obvious reason. Um, I, I wonder, Reese, do you think it's someone that, that Clement or maybe see as right? You can play right winger. You've got an opportunity to to earn that jersey and be my sort of first choice in that position. So quite controversial. I actually don't mind Scott Wright in the middle of the park, not as a defensive midfielder. Like absolutely not, but see just that ability to turn and beat a man. I think where it, it possibly stops the horseshoe for happening. That yep. famous horseshoe we've seen under Zio. If you've got the ability to spin somebody inside and make something happen in there, I I don't mind that at all. But I definitely think he's going to be effective under Clement. And at the moment, we don't have any better options out wide. We showed earlier in the season playing without wingers really didn't help us. So if we need players out wide, then he's certainly somebody that can do it. And if called upon, he can play in that almost can't well role as well, where he maybe floats inside and makes something happen. JB Paul makes a, a, a really good point by our YouTube channel. Hi, Paul. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Would Wright be getting his chance if Sima and Rabi Matondo were both playing together? Of course, Clement commented mm. today that the Matondo is, I think, just on the verge of getting back onto the pitch. From a training perspective, I don't think you'll see him much before um, the start of December, to be honest with you. But it's a fair point, you know what I mean? The, the obvious argument is right only getting his chance because things seem so threadbare in the squad as it stands just now. Yeah, but how many times does that happen? Do you know what I mean? As you go, play, some players have made careers. Calvin Bassey, probably a perfect example. Um, by the way, I'm not saying we're going to pump Scott Wright for 27 million in the summer, but um, he was definitely he's someone that has um, he's taken his chance. And as you touched on there, Clement touched on it. Everyone's getting a white white sheet. So 
uh, why can't he take the chance? It would be an interesting uh, three to have him behind Danilo if the three of them were fit and at the same time. Would one thing I think we've lacked over the years is pace. Um, people to move at, to people to move at pace. I suppose my only negative on Scott Wright, and I know everything's super positive, but in his eighty-eight appearances, five assists. So. For someone that was saying can play in a number 10 role and someone who is traditionally a winger, you'd, you'd want more. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, that's 88. That's not 88 full 90 minutes. But he's probably been coming on a majority of his time when the game's either already won or we need a goal. So he's probably coming on when players are tired. I think his final ball is probably where lets him down, his decision-making. Um, if he has too much time to think, I think he struggles. I was at a pre-season game at Blackpool a couple of years ago and I was right on the right on the behind the sponsor board and he beat three men down the wing and there was nobody in the box because he was that quick. Anyway, he just put it in. So I've given one of them, for fuck's sake, what are you doing? And, and it's fair play to me, turned around and he said, it's easy from behind the board, mate. And uh, I was laughing like he had a smile on his face, which I thought was quite good, but it's only in cheap. But yeah, I mean, he, he shows glimpses, doesn't he? I mean, uh, you, you forget some of the big, big goals he has been involved in. Obviously, his layoff for Glenn Kamara will always be in, in folklore when you look back in 10, 20, 30, 40 years' time. That's yeah, one of the best ever goals that, at, at Ibrox, certainly yeah. one of the best atmospheres. And he was heavily involved in that. He started the European Cup final for the club. Um, my big thing is if he got released, where would he end up? And that's, I sometimes judge a player by that standard. Um, would he join a club better than Rangers? No chance. Um, would he end up in a some minnow in Turkey potentially? So, again, good on him. Um, like if the manager can get can get something out of him, as you touched on earlier, four managers haven't been able to get any type of consistency out of him. Um, but no, wish him well. As I say, he might be one of these players that plays well if the rest of the team are playing well. Um, and if you go through some of our title winning teams back in the both going through the nineties, there were some average players who walked who've walked away with three, four league t- league title work winners medals. Um, who you touched on earlier, the boy that went to Norwich, uh, D- D- Dale Gordon, wasn't yep. he, he? Was very, very had lots of promise when he was young, but wasn't particularly spectacular. But probably walked away with a couple of league medals and a couple of cups. But yes. he was in a good win side, so. You just don't know if we can get everyone playing well. Um, he's definitely got the tools. It's just whether he's got the uh, the final ball for me. But no, fair play to him. Do you know you're absolutely right on on players maybe not being up to the quality of those around them, but um, but just just being there and and contributing, however much that is over a period of time. I, I mentioned earlier on in this day in 1997, Rangers beat Celtic one 0 The left back. For Rangers that day in 1997 was Alex Cleland, um, who I, I'm, I'm sure um, would probably be the first to admit that a, a lot of the medals that he's claimed for, for his time at Rangers was duty guys that were playing around him. Your Marco Negris, your Loudrups, do you know what I mean? That afternoon, Rangers had Gascoigne, Jonas Tern, and, and Stuart McCall playing in the middle of the pitch. Um, so, with the best one in the world, Cleland was never up to, to any of those standards. But it, it, it speaks to your point, and it's easy to forget as well that you know th- these guys need a chance. I, I look at Ross McCausland, who's had his chance recently, and I felt when he's been involved, he's looked he's looked quite busy. Um, then you think Scott Wright's been involved. He was linked with Preston and some mob in Turkey in the summer. Is he stunting that progression 
for Ross McCausland. I know he, he was openly spoke about by Craig Robertson, spoke about with the fans forum yesterday, which we'll get to a little later on. But the suggestion was that McCausland probably would have went out and loan um, this season. But the fact that he's not done that um, it gives him the opportunity to be in and around the first team race. I know you're laughing because you had a, almost had a very similar conversation with my professor a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? Uh, it was um, the, the presser for the Greenock Morton Cup game. Yeah. Uh, I was, and the whole time I was contemplating asking him whether or not the, the loan rumours had been true or not. And then lo and behold, later that week, he came into my work just yep. with his partner. And uh, I'd said to him at the time, I was like, oh, I nearly asked you about the, the loan rumours. And I, I think I think he was pretty glad that I didn't. It was his first press conference, <laughs> so it might have been about half in the boy. Yeah, as I say, is we just have to be careful that the the we need to be careful that the youth are getting the chance. And I think Clomont is 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 clever enough and he's shrewd enough to to give youth a chance if they're good enough. Um, it, we just have to make sure we've got players in the squad that are playing well enough in the first instance. And if they play well enough, McCausland will absolutely get his chance. Whether that's over right in current form, um, I I think is maybe up for debate. Listen, it's been I'll be really interested to see if we do see. Uh, a four up front of Danilo and then Matondo, Sima and Wright because it screams pace, it, it screams creativity and it, it, it would be it would be quite an exciting sort of front four to watch. JB, I want to come to you and John Lundstrom. He got interviewed post-match after the game at the weekend and the, the, the glaring post-match comment that he made, of course, was um, the mood being so much better, to quote him, um, in the changing room, where he was asked about the impact that Philippe Clement had made since he arrived. Um, for someone who was maybe branded as Beale's boy by not necessarily ourselves, but just generally, I think everyone expected him to be in and around based on the fact that he was there with Gerard and Beale before. Um, it's quite a damning sort of verdict on, on the guys that have, have been previously, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've got a bit of an opinion. As you know, Scott, we spoke offline. I've gone a couple of bits in terms of Bale's behaviours and what's yeah, and ever, but it very much feels as if any of the players that were there prior to Bale, uh, sorry, uh, that were there first time round with Bale, I've came across a very different Michael Bale. Um, Alfredo Morelos, Kent, Kamara. Uh, these boys weren't rushing to stay round. Do you know what I mean? Um, there was a chance that they could have... Um, they could have revitalised their Rangers career or uh, rejuvenated it. Um, and then you add John Lundstrom into the mix as well in terms of hasn't spoke particularly highly of him. Leon Balogun had a bit of a bit of a dig. I don't know if, I, if I'm reading too much into that in terms of his comments, in terms of he felt as if he was just out in the cold, uh, wasn't even making match day squads. So you just wonder whether, maybe, I, mean, I think I might have said this in one of the other pods, it's never easy going from work, um, from working alongside people as kind of peers to then stepping into managing people. I've done it myself and it's, it's, it is difficult. Um, so you just wonder whether that transition uh, was maybe a wee bit too much. When, he, when Michael Beale did leave, I didn't see an avalanche of players uh, wishing him well, which is, tends yeah. to be the thing on Instagram. Uh, I know there was Campbell uh, did wish him well. It sounds like they had a really good relationship and Campbell spoke really, really well and really highly of him. Um, I thought it was quite damning the amount of people that are making the comments around all everybody feels involved now. Um, that was something that I remember Mark Warburton was massive on. Uh, Gerard overemphasised that. Um, and, I mean, Butland even said it today in the presser that it yep. was almost the case of... Um, 
yeah, the players who, who've been injured feel part of it now, uh, whereas maybe they didn't before. Um, again, um, I was going to say something that I should not, but the um, <laughs> but yeah, the mood is just a lot, a lot more better. Um, I think Bad just jump, jumping back to London now in terms of his his form with a bit of luck. Well, the manager said he's watched every game, and John Lundstrom can't make five yard passes. Do you know what I mean? If he John Lundstrom can't take more than two or three touches. Um, and then, then make an e- easy ball out wide. His game is all about doing things quickly, aggressively, direct. And we've seen we've seen it. I mean, he made a run on was it a run on Sunday afternoon? He made a full sprint on the left wing, and there wasn't for, no one was stopping him. And I wonder if Fancy getting in his way, like. But he's um, no, he's ten, again another one that's turned ten. around. I think we know he's got the ability there, and uh, yeah, we'll just watch this space. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, it's funny you say that about the, um, the run-up left wing. I was um, I was watching the game at, at the weekend, and um, I was watching it from abroad, if you understand what I'm saying. But what I did think was that the, the feed that I was watching was almost catching up with itself because I've never seen... John Lundstrom burst into such a such a huge degree of pace to to sort of chase down. I I like John Lundstrom. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I, I like the job that he does in the middle of the pitch. Um, I I sometimes think he is he's, he's guilty of maybe overcomplicating things a little bit. A lot depends on who plays beside John Lundstrom in, in that duel. If you've got a, a certain player playing beside him, he'll be fine. If there's someone that he maybe looks like he has to do a bit more work, I think the pressure's instantly on him and I don't think he deals with that properly. However, um, Reece, we, we, we speak about new manager bounces, I say in players, again, that blank white sheet. I think Lundstrom's a, a prime example. He's been excellent since the new gaffer came in. Yeah, definitely. It looks like he's he's got that confidence about himself again. He seems to have the freedom that it's all right if I do drive forward and I do bust, I got to get forward because I'm trying to make something happen without yeah, yeah. fearing all that's going on behind them. I think possibly Leon Balligan maybe helps with that as well. Balligan's recovery pace, I think, can be quite underrated, especially at his age. And just having that almost like safety net behind you that, you know, these two are pretty reassured. So if I go and... I think the probably the prime example for him to play with would be Ryan Jack. When Ryan Jack sits, they two have probably got that understanding and experience of playing with each other that he just feels a lot more freedom to kick on. And I, I don't think John Lundstrom's ever been a defensive midfielder. No, no. I think, if anything, he's probably somebody who helps you transition for defence into attack at best. There's something that rings in my mind, baby. You'll know this because you're from that neck of the woods. 
did Lundstrom not start off as a winger when he was at Everton? Yeah, no, he's. It's, he, I, th- I honestly thought when he came up the road, I thought that's where he was going to play. It was going to be that almost like aggressive box to box from the right hand side. If that makes yeah. sense, because yeah. he can whip, he can whip a ball. Um, there's no doubt about that. And Sheffield United, when he had that good season, was all about coming in from the right. Um, yes. he was a fancy football manager's dream. I don't know if anyone remembers, but like I think he was like I think he was like four million or something at the time, and then he hit like. Really good points and stuff, but yeah, he um, if you well, you just say what's he good at? He's strong, he's quick, he's direct, and he yeah. can ping a ball. Yeah. Um, so and what's he not very good at is probably the easier side of the game, which is obviously keeping possession, um, and and things like that. So yeah, no, I would like to see him in that right hand side position. So, I mean, if I put him in the Scott Wright, if John Lundstrom played the same amount of minutes as Scott Wright in an offensive position, I promise you he'd have more goals and assists. Do you know, Bluebells and Blue comments, and the, the, the big comment, the big statement in there for me, and I think it ties in with what you've just said, Jamie, is Clement has him playing fast and direct football, playing right into his strength. So he, doesn't yeah. right. he doesn't have to think about what's going on behind him. The encouragement is for him to, to look ahead. None of the shitey lateral stuff is, is we've, we've been um, sort of... Um, had to listen to. Uh, listen, I, I I think he's he's one of the big success stories since Clement comes in. I, I think he's someone who's been given an absolute doing regularly. Sometimes deserved, let's be honest. Sometimes it hasn't been good enough. However, um, since new bosses came in, um, I, I think he's been he's been really quite impressive. Um, he, he was also he was also the Wirral Ranger Player of the Year for last last for the uh, for twenty twenty two, which uh, which we make Dodgy reminds me on a regular basis. Uh, <laughs> he's been performing, but uh, yeah, he's back to being the best on earth again. So we're all right. Absolutely. Belinda Carlisle CDs at the ready. Uh, we seen something in the in the nineties and eighties. If you remember that, sure. I remember playing it in Apple Music and going, "Who's that?" Listen, you know, I just want to get very, very quickly. We're obviously now into the, the Scottish League Cup final. Reese, I'll, I'll come to you first. Um, first opportunity to win it and, and north of 10 years now, I think. Um, and indeed, the, the sort of the, the absolute chance to get the trophy that we've not won yet since we, we came back in the top league. It's really important that we finish the year with that trophy. Certainly finish pre Christmas with that trophy. Definitely. I think there's. I wouldn't say it's happened yet, but there's potential for a momentum shift. I think we've seen that the standard across the city isn't as high as it's been. It's certainly not as relentless as it's been, where it's just a foregone conclusion. There's been points dropped, and there's times where you're looking at results going, hmm, they couldn't drop points here, could they? But And you've seen it a couple of years ago, when we had that transition period for Gio, uh, for Gerard, sorry, to Gio. Postecoglou won the League Cup. We were out of it by... I think St Mirren or someone. Yeah. But it was semi final, wasn't it? Oh, so it was. Martin Boyle, Master Boyle. So, David McCallum game, wasn't it? I, um, do you know, I think that possibly signalled a bit of a shift. Definitely instilled belief in their players and their system because they were a far cry for the team they were towards the end of that season. Because that was even before they brought in the four, I think they brought in four players in January and they bottled it for the old thumb. And it did signal a, a huge momentum shift and I think especially in this final, anybody that watched the semi and the Saturday knows we're playing the weaker team that won. The weaker team won the other semi-final, so for me, it's an absolute no-brainer that we need to win it. Yeah, 
and listen, I'm absolutely right, JB. I know you, you, you want us to win before Christmas, but Paul has has brought up something that we didn't cover in the agenda um, before we came on. But um, I, I'm really keen to get your take on this because you, anyone that doesn't know, Jamie obviously runs the the sort of World Rangers Supporters Club um, out of out of Liverpool and has to have this discussion on tickets with huge degree of regularity. Um, and Paul brings up the fact that the sheep, who I assume he means Aberdeen, um, are looking for a 50-50 split for the final. And he refers to it as being a joke. JB, just for, for, for anyone looking in, for someone who runs a supporters club, how difficult is it to get any sort of tickets for occasions like this? Yeah, I was just hoping one of us wasn't nicknamed the sheep then. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a logistical nightmare when it comes to certainly comes to obviously these, these big games, uh, especially as soon as you start to get into semi-final and final territory. Um, applications, you're looking at certainly for unless you're a, a really well-established supporters club like the Glaswegian or um, and even that them guys really struggle. The Glaswegian take buses all over Europe. Um, and fantastic support that they give the club. Even these guys don't get don't get tickets by the mass. Do you know what I mean? So I think in terms of ourselves, it's almost a case of uh, we're, we're, it's scraps. Honestly, God, it's scraps. So uh, don't get me wrong, if you set up, well set up, which you've got to be now through obviously the MyJers and the CCS and stuff, um, then that's that, that's going to be kind of your only avenue avenue for tickets. Um, not many people are willing to give up semi-final and final tickets, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, really difficult. And I think in terms of obviously the question there that Paul's raised, the the fifty fifty split is it's a ridiculous ask in terms of yeah. them guys. Um, you've only got to look at the pitches that came through from the semi finals. Um, I'd like to think the SFA or SPFL, whoever it is that dishes the tickets out, should just basically just be showing them a mirror, showing them a photograph of the ground, and going, "That's why you're not getting it." I mean, e- even if you look at Patodri, when it, they, they've had big European games in their recent years, the Rangers and Celtic have come to town, and it's embarrassing for Sky cameras. As uh, a boy I used to work with, and um, I always I, I wind him up like, like it's a fancy dress season again. So always people dressed in red kits. Um, so it's almost like a case of you should get what you deserve. However, I'm sick of having this conversation every single year. Surely we can decide on this pre-season. Um, does it go to a vote, and then maybe you say to the clubs, right, you've got you've got like ten days to sell your full allocation if you haven't sold it by then then an extra 10%, 20% are going to go to the old firm because that's what, at the end of the day, we're the only two that are going to... We could fill that stadium two, three times over if we wanted to um, at the moment. So, yeah, it's it's a frustrating one, uh, I think. But it's not very common, not very often common sense prevails in Scotland, uh, but this one does feel like, and it wouldn't surprise me if more tickets arrive uh, once they send send some more back. Um, if, if obviously the police can steward that correctly, because the last thing you want to see is the is obviously the St Andrews flag in the background of a, a cup final. Um, it's a bit of a redneck for for everyone involved, really. Do you know? I think it surprised me as well is that I think at last count that they, they've they're get they're effectively getting they're getting about north of nineteen thousand tickets, which I I still. I, I don't think I'm entirely convinced that they're going to they're going to sell nineteen thousand tickets to Brutler. I saw um, Scott Cameron, sort of friend of the podcast, say something very similar on on Twitter um, earlier on this afternoon. There's a real debate over whether nineteen thousand is too much, and I I completely agree with you, Jamie. We can't have these 
matches at the national stadium and seats are empty. It just it, it can't happen. These games are on the telly. You can watch them all around the world, and you would be you would be but it would be easy to mistake that you were just watching a standard game that was mm-hmm. three points to play for and, and nothing much else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important that the, the pills that be get their act together and um, just decide on, on the right way. How do, how do they want the game to be portrayed? It's a showcase. What, what, do, you, what do you want to do? What do you, what, what do you expect? What do you want your, your national stadium to look like when there's any team lifting a trophy mm-hmm. for what it's worth? It? Do you know if it was if it was an Edinburgh derby, do you know what I mean? Have it at Murrayfield. Pack out Murrayfield. Don't have punters coming across for Edinburgh to leave space in the ground. It's it's just, it's absolutely bonkers. Reece, sorry, you were going to say something there. No, I was saying definitely with regards to the Murrayfield-Edinburgh derby thing. JB, I seen on Twitter earlier that I think Aberdeen might have proposed that to the SFA. So I think they probably deserve a wee bit more credit here than what they're getting. Because... No, no. The no. Aberdeen supposedly <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> Aberdeen supposedly proposed to the SFA look, keep it 50-50, hold back tickets, what we don't sell, Rangers can have. And the SFA have probably overruled it and went, No, we're not even giving you that opportunity. So I but then again, nah, it's the SFA, isn't it? I think it should, as I said, it should be agreed at the start of the season and, and not being funny. If you're a, if you're a supporter of one of these minnows, then you should if the message is all season ticket holders, for example, if you can make it to a semi-final and final, they guarantee the ticket. You've got to see, you've got to take Rangers and Celtic out the equation. You can't treat them the same because they're not. Do you know what I mean? So as much as that might that might piss non non Rangers and Celtic fans off, we're not the same with with, with, with beasts in comparison. Yeah. So if you save them every season tickets, guarantee the ticket for a semi-final and final. Buy a season ticket, and then that's how you guarantee a final. I've had to buy a season ticket to make sure that. I can make semi-finals and finals, do you know what I mean? So I don't see why they should be any different. Absolutely. Listen, Reese, um Bluebells are blue has has he's basically saw you right. Um you're bumped. Ultimately. Um he, he knows the score. He tried he tried to um ask to go soft on Aberdeen. Nah, can't happen. Nah, to be fair though, I, I do agree with JB that might incentivize more season tickets as well. Plus I would be surprised and well, no, I wouldn't be surprised with the SFA to retreat my comments that they don't just say that at the start of the season. Like, look, get these other clubs together and go, a semi-final is your opportunity to display what could be your predicted allocation for a final. And Aberdeen's one, I believe they didn't sell 14,000, so you might be right in that one, Scott. Do you know, and listen, Paul is, is back in with some really, really common sense Based on average gate attendance, I, I I genuinely don't see why they don't do that anyway. I think it makes a, a it's just it's, it's common sense. It's peak Scottish football, though. Let's be perfectly honest. It's why we love it. It's why we're here. Um, Reese, I'm going to stick with you. Uh, Abdallah Sima gets Player of the Month for October. Um, he has had quite a good month. You have to say. Yeah, has he's been affected every time he's come on. I think he's been probably our main goal threat while Danilo's been out. Yeah. And he's starting to prove why, you know, Brighton maybe paid that money for him. Yeah. A lot of people, when he came, just kind of took it for granted that oh, Brighton never missed. Oh, he's a Brighton player. He's going to be a world beater. He'll take the league. And he's maybe just had to take that wee adaptation period. First two months, he's done that. And definitely this month, Jack Butland aside, I think he's 
been mulling, deserving to be the player of the month and quite fitting that Butland get the supporters one as well. Yeah, and, and listen, entirely fair. Jamie, I, I, I wonder if you stand on, on Seema. I think when he came in, and I, I listen, I do still think we see some instances where that first touch is a bit debatable from him. Um, he strikes me as being one of these guys whose mind is too quick for his physicality, almost. Um, yeah. But I like him. I have to say, I like him. You can see why Brighton have, have, have fought out decent um, cash for him previously. Um, it's probably disappointing that we don't have anything in there from a close perspective to say that if all things go well and we're all happy come the end of the season that that he can that he can stay. So it's, it's, it's a shame that we're not going to have that opportunity unless we drag Brighton up to the table and, and talk finance with them come the end of the season. I mean, I mean, let's be honest, from a, a loan project perspective, uh, what an opportunity for for Brighton and the player, do you know what I mean, to come up and play in front of a demanding atmosphere, European nights, uh, both home and away, um, and the expectation that that player needs to play under. Uh, it can only, he can only leave, uh, you'd like to think, a, be- a better man, do you know what I mean? It sounds a bit dramatic, but he's obviously still a young lad. Uh, he was the one, uh, through all the signings, he was the one I was probably most excited about, because I remember watching him when we came up against him in Prague, and I thought, He's ran as absolutely ragged over the both uh, over both legs. I remember thinking, bloody hell, I wonder he's one to keep an eye on. Then he went yeah, to Brighton yeah. and then obviously never really kicked on with a couple of injuries. And he went he was in France and then he was in Stoke, uh, where he picked up quite a bad injury and obviously things never kicked on for him. But after going from what I can only describe as the worst ever performance at a forty five minute in a Rangers shirt against PSV, I, I was I remember being in the club now and saying to the I was saying to the lads this is the worst I've ever seen anyone perform. And the next thing, obviously, top bins. I think what we've got to all just accept with him, he'll try and try and try. Yeah. Uh, it might not always come off, but um, if it was coming off every time, he wouldn't be with us. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So then we've just got to work him, support him, get behind him, which isn't always easy, obviously, under the pressure that we're under. But he's um, he's definitely proven to be an asset. Um, he gives us so many different options as well. So... He gives us that um, that bit more physicality. He wins a hell of a lot defensively. Uh, sometimes that goes unnoticed, but um, he's not scared to put his head in where it hurts. And he's also a love players that can get us up the pitch. Um, yeah. There was one, I think there was another one. Did he draw a booking out of the right back on Sunday? Um, where there was nothing on and he just got his head down and motored towards the corner flag. And lo and behold, they pulled him down. I still, I still, well, I'm kind of still waiting for him to... I think he could destroy someone one day. You know, like, um, I'd like to see him a bit more central. We'll only do that once, obviously, everybody's back fit. But once you get the likes of Lawrence and Cantwell, is there any reason why he couldn't play in behind Danilo uh, with a view for him to then arrive as that extra man in the box? Um, I think that would be be some combination if we could could get something like that going. So, uh, but yeah, no fair play to him. He's kicked on. And um, yeah, hopefully he's... um, he leads us to some success towards the end of the season. But he's, um, yeah, so far so good. He's definitely getting the pass marks. Reese, um, Jack Butland is, has largely been sort of, I think, universally accepted as the, the best signing so far that, that came in in the supper, in the supper, in the summer, um, was was voted um, today, confirmed today, as sort of supporters, player of the month for October. I've said before, and I said it in Twitter during the week, um, we're very lucky to have always had 
big, huge, reliable goalkeepers. Goalkeepers that you can rely on at big moments. It won nothing at the weekend. Jack Butland, big save, keeps in the game. And before you know it, it's 2-0 and then 3-0 in quick succession. Um, he's a super, super goalkeeper and a more than able replacement for for the great Alan McGregor. Definitely. I think Butland's probably best exemplified in how good he is. Going back to the example JB used with Scott Wright, if he was released, where would he end up? Yeah. yeah. Now that's something to think about. And <laughs> I think he's definitely one of these keepers that could play at most levels. It's it's quite good as well that he seems quite mentally resilient. Yeah. And that he's not always called upon, but he's there when you need him. And when he's there, he's doing absolutely superb. And he's played in a variety of teams as well, which probably means that we've got him at the best point in his career. He's played for the likes of Man United where he's had to just be that alert and he's probably playing a ball-dominant team at times and not really expected to do much. When he has called upon, he's got to be there. Whereas he's played at Crystal Palace and Stoke in the Championship that he's facing a barrage of shots. So I think we've maybe got him at quite a good time where he's matured, he's able to maybe deal with pressure more, he's more expectant of it, and what a signing he's been so far, I always remember growing up, and that was something my dad always said, was uh, Rangers have always had a good goalkeeper, like, and it's only now looking back at it, you go, well, aye, aye, you notice it? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, listen, you're absolutely right. Um, I just, I, I think we're, we've always been lucky to have, I've certainly but always been lucky enough and I'm sort of older than you, certainly, Reese, as we know. Um, I've always seen good goalkeepers at Rangers. Woods, Gorham, Kloss, uh, McGregor, Butland now. I mean, you could, there's been, there's been goalkeepers in there who have been involved for, for short periods of time, who I think have also done us a turn. Neil Alexander is one that that, that jumps in. I, I don't, I'm not suggesting that Neil Alexander was as good as these, but at the time, it's easy to forget, took us to Manchester. Do you know what I mean? So we've always been blessed with having good quality goalkeepers in there and, and, and Butland is absolutely filling that void. And I think, I think it's quite fair to say, you could argue McGregor's season last season was one too many. Not for discussion in the podcast. It's the void that you have to fill. You come in to be a Rangers goalkeeper. You need to be. You need to be. A, what, how many times did you go to Ibrox and you'd see McGregor shouting at Sasa Papach or 
come and run off his line to have a go at someone else. And I know what you're thinking about, by the way, when I'm speaking about Alan McGregor, Reese, I know exactly what you're thinking about. But it, uh, there is that. Yeah, that voice in the background is is really, really important. And I, I, I think it's easy to underestimate just what a big player and a big influence indeed he'll be in and around the, the changing room. JB, he was in for the, the press conference today. A couple of quotes that, that I've, I've picked off. Um, one thing he said, that the club has a soft spot for goalkeepers, as there's been some incredible goalkeepers here in the past. Um, he feels he's got a long way to go before he fills these shoes. So he obviously feels that while he's pleased to be mentioned in the same breath as these guys, he's looking for some pocket full of medals to, to, to back up that with. So, which I understand. He also said today in the press, we don't fear anyone, which was the club is all about. Um, do you know, he's in a period in his life where he's played the most games sequentially since about 2019, I think I've seen. So he did have sort of two, three, four years of, as as you say, we start being alert. But JB, I just wonder how he's kind of, he's arrived. He seems to be going by the way that the fans are singing about him. He's universally loved right across the support. He's really important for me just now. He is. Um, he, I mean, without using the word revolution, it's almost a case of you need somebody to kind of spark that. Um, and he, takes, he just ticks all the boxes in terms of what you what you want from a, not just a Rangers goalkeeper, a goalkeeper in general. Um, he, he, he seems to be strong. He's commanding. Um, he's really good with both feet, which I didn't know. Um, he, he doesn't have... He, doesn't have belt it. That was one of the challenges with McGregor all through his career, really. But certainly over the last the last few years, some of his kick out his kicking was awful. And you know what I mean. Whereas if Butland's kicking it, the ball stays hit like uh, I've seen him ping them to the opposition goalie before now and stuff. So he just gives us he just gives you that real level of calmness. Even when players, I remember being in uh, Sevet away uh, early in early in the first half and Blair big centre forward went one on one. I was like, he's gonna have to do well to beat Butland here. And lo and behold, Butland's down. What a save that he made. I think it was to his right-hand side. But he's... Um, no, we, I don't think we could ask for too much more. He was he was another one that I was really pleased of in the summer. But yeah. again, didn't want to shout it too loudly because he'd be really pleased with someone that hasn't played a lot of football the previous couple of years. Cool. But he's um, he's come in. I love the way he talks in his presses as well. Yeah. Uh, he gives me a bit of the Jermaine Defoe's in terms of uh, this guy's gone to the Premier League. He's done it. And it doesn't feel it's it's not sound bites. Do you know what I mean? You can tell he's well media trained. Don't get me wrong, but he almost talks as if he talks with a real determination. Um, and I can see why. Um, I can see why the management team and the players have taken to him so well. Um, he's all in as well by all accounts. So he's not one. Of, he's. I'm sure I heard or read earlier that he's the full family's moved up. So we've got a young family. They've all moved up to Scotland. So this isn't a. I'm uh, leaving the family down south. I'm just going to go play me football and come home. He's brought it. He's brought into Scotland as well, which I think is really important, certainly for somebody at his age. And um, I dare say it's going to take a hell of a lot of money for anybody to take him away from us now, uh, which which is a good position to be in. Um, as much as we might like to say it, um, he's um, he's definitely one that is now he's now an asset at the club. I was worried a few a few weeks back even. I was looking around that squad and going, have we got many assets, saleable assets? Yeah. Uh, but you fast forward a couple of weeks, players playing well with confidence and all of a sudden things, and I think, I, I know it came up on one of the comments um, from midweek, this team now feels relatable. Uh, and what I mean by that is if you genuinely feel as if, if we have a go as fans, they're going to have a go. And, and that's all that we ask sometimes. If we, if 
And I think Rangers fans are really realistic as demanding as we are. If we think the players are having a right good go, but it's just not happening, we just only have to rub of the green. If you take that, the the goal worked with 1-0, I can't remember if it was the semi-final, the League Cup final, now it's throwing me, where Julian scored the offside goal. It was almost a case of we, the players had an the players gave it their all and we, we dominated the game, we played really well, created chances, we missed the penalty and we never won on the day. We, as much as we were disappointed, we kind of accepted it because it was almost a case of we're getting there, you can see they're giving it a good go and guys like Butland uh, kind of summed that up for me at the moment. So, yeah, another one that we long may continue. Do you know the one thing I really like about Butland so far is the one thing that we use as as supporters a lot is that he gets it. And yeah. the, the, the slight difference I think with Butland is that he he, he seems to he obviously gets it the fact that he's playing for a huge club. I, I I love the way that he speaks about it. I thought he almost understands the identity of the football club, right. and that, that I, you could argue that's maybe a, a fancier way of saying he gets it. But you just you can see it means a lot to him. I think he understands that maybe since 2019 to, to the summer past, he's been in and out of relative obscurity. A really good goalkeeper to not be playing football, by the way. A really good goalkeeper to not be playing. Um, and there's no doubt that Rangers have taken a punt on him a little bit, bringing him up in the summer. Um, but it's absolutely worked for us. One of the other things he said today, which I don't want to trot by, and it speaks to the John Lundstrom point we made at the start of the podcast when we spoke about the the sort of previous um, regime. One of the things he said which I thought was quite interesting was the manager has simplified things for us, um, which points to maybe a bit of confusion and over-egging things um, with the previous guys, which is maybe unfair, but I, I think there's enough murmurs now that are coming out to suggest that things were not all right. Um, Reese, we look forward to AC Sparta Prague coming to Ibrox tomorrow night, match day four of the Europa League. I'm going to run through some um, tidbits that we got from the gaffer today and his press conference. Um, Kemma Roof is available for selection, but we'll probably only get five to ten minutes tops. Barely a run out, to be perfectly honest with you, um, suggesting we are limited with the squad. Um, Raskin and Suter look like they're out until post-international break. Um, he commented interestingly enough, on his love for, for, for European nights and he's hoping for, for a, a positive evening and reaction. We do European nights really well. I think it's important we stay for the 90, support the team for the 90 and make sure we give them 90 minutes of absolute madness on Thursday night, frankly. Um, he believes we'll need the highest level to win. Commented on Scott Wright, of course, being a doubt for tomorrow, which I think we all know. But the big quote that I think we got today from him, which is something that should excite us all as, as supporters of the football club, I want to create a machine who goes for everything. Um, he's really, he's, he obviously sees that there's lots to work with and there's lots to do. But I think importantly, Reese, is he sees that he can do it with the, the guys that are in there just now. And he will support um, that with, with new additions in the not too distant future. But all the signs, as things stand just now, are really quite promising. So saying a really good coach, I think, Scott, somebody who's able to get the best out of what they've got, well, it's easy for anybody to come in and just demand higher quality of players and go, this isn't good enough, that's not good enough, that that's not right, I want somebody in there. Yeah. But it's, how do you make that better? And I think that's what he's done really well. With regards to simplifying things, I don't think it would be if it happened in the dressing room or in the training part, the only place that they over-communicated things, but 
it's been a real breath of fresh air and he seems to have just brought this simplicity and I love his resilience. See, even with the press, he's just able to go, no, I just want to win the next game. Yeah. He's so steadfast in that belief and reinforces it that much to the point where he's literally saying to somebody, I'll say to you again, I just want to win the next game. Yeah. And it's that ability to develop people and just simplify things and concentrate their minds on what they need to focus on, which is the next game. Because it's all right looking at maybe the League Cup final in a few weeks and players going, I really want to start that, I really want to play that. But if you lose three games before it, you've got less of a chance of winning that League Cup final. No, listen, you're absolutely right. I, I just, I, there's, he's just, he's, you could argue it's sound bites, which we get, and you, you, you always get that sort of stuff when, when new managers come down. I just, I, I just like the way he's speaking. I've said previously, he's, I think he's, he's, I don't want to say he's close to Walter Smith in the sense that because that puts a huge amount of pressure on the guy, which I get, but Walter Smith was the last sort of Rangers football manager that I think we all sort of associated with. He was, do you know what I mean? He was just he was just a guy that carried himself. He had gravitas. He was the man. Um Clement carries himself in a similar sort of fashion. Now obviously we want him to win trophies to back that up. Of course we do. He, he he's there's a similarity there and I, I find it hard to maybe properly he just strikes me as being a, a really good, adequate football manager, JB and I'm not portraying that properly, but there's an aura about him that I don't think we've seen with Van Bronckhorst and we've certainly never seen it with Michael Beale. Yeah, no, I think you could probably add Gerard and Alex McLeish into the mix in terms of the character, in terms of they you genuinely they would rather have been on the pitch kicking the ball. Do you know what I mean? If uh, if somebody needed to get the ball over the line, both of them probably would have done it for you. Yeah. Um but yeah then you go back and then Walter and then Sunas it's kind of there's a theme. Um, and when we spoke around, I think I was on the pod prior to prior to announcement. Um, it was almost a case of what is it that we'll be looking for from our next Rangers manager, and he is t- he, he's delivering on what we what we said that we wanted. Do you know what I mean? We wanted somebody that spoke like a winner, felt like a winner, had an aura in the in the, when he went in. I love him on the line. Um, he told the arsehole out of a, one of the fourth officials over a decision. Uh, and I don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that to be the one someone who's just going to be batting and raving. But somebody who can do that in the right way. Um, he, he was. He obviously played at a good level. He was a captain. He was a leader, um, and that's very much what we've been missing. I mean, you could argue, well, yeah, well, Gio was a leader in a World Cup final, of a, and he was captain of a team. But he was more of a lead. He was more of a tavernier type captain, uh, leading by example. And we won't go down the uh, John Lundstrom's comments on tavernier. That's probably another pod uh, with him being unfair criticism of Man Mountain, but. Um, the point probably stands the same. Um, he's um, yeah, he's just he's just give us the club back. I know it sounds a bit dramatic, but he's just he's give us that good, that feel good feeling back. And I genuinely believe he'll be doing all that he can behind the scenes to kind of turn that round. There's no arrogance. It's definitely no arrogance there. It's almost a case of um, he's there to be shot down, and he kind of puts himself in that position with it uh, with his the way that he holds himself. That's almost a case of right. Things aren't good. Things things aren't perfect, and I get the impression with it, it'll never will be. You'll always be striving for better and striving for more, uh, which I don't think we can ask too much more, more, more from a Rangers manager. So no, 
he's a cracking start and again uh, look for, he's got us looking forward to games again as opposed right. to worrying about watching things through your yeah. fingers so yeah roll on tomorrow I'll stick with you Jimmy because I'm, I'm curious to know what you think I felt we we found the trip to Prague quite difficult particularly first half um, Jack Butland keeps somewhere with a couple of really good saves um, not for the first time this season but big moments big goalkeepers will say it again that's what he's there for that's his job um, how do you feel about the match tomorrow night then coming to our place where, where are you I assume you'll be up for it of course but I yeah. just wonder if, you, if you, you fancy us strongly in our own place in, in Europe I, I tend to always feel that yeah, 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 I'm up there tomorrow, so half-day holiday up there with my dad, Brian and we, Colin, so we're uh, <laughs> heading up uh, around lunchtime, so, yeah, if anyone's kicking about for a pint pre-max, then give us a shout, but we're, um, yeah, I think it's, it was an interesting one, Prague away, because we were a little bit rabbit in the headlights to start with, I don't think we were expecting them to come at us as quick as quickly as what they did, and what you've all, always got to remember as well, the, it's a step up in quality, do you know what I mean, so, when you when you up against when you're up against certain teams, I think we were up. It was a Hibs the week before we played them. With all due respect, it's Hibs. Do you know what I mean? The the uh, the they can cause a problem on the day, and they tend to cause a problem when we go away from home. A lot of that I do think is psychological, but it's um, they came at us and fair play to them. Uh, the teams aren't there to to lie down to Rangers just because we've turned up. Uh, they certainly weren't intimidated by us. Um, they tried to get their crowd on side. They tried to make it hostile. Uh, they got in our faces. They were very aggressive. Um, but I was talking to my dad earlier, but he made a really good point in the fact that they tired because they put so much into that first half. Yeah, and one thing I don't think they had, unlike us, we had better players come off the bench than than what went off. Whereas you flip it to them, they went re- they looked really poor when they brought their substitutions on. So uh, we might have to be patient tomorrow, uh, as much as we want all guns blazing and one nil up after a couple of minutes. If we can get that great, because the fan the fans will run with that. But uh, we just might need to, um, I say, a wee bit of patience and hopefully a good European night under the lights. I know their top goal scorers back, uh, but they have got three players out who missed last week's game. Uh, sorry, missed they played in the first leg from what we read the other day. So um, yeah, I just think they should be re- they really struggle with Danilo's movement. Um, I think after obviously Des has been relatively static, um, Danilo coming on just caused them all sorts of problems. They didn't know whether they were coming or going. So if we can get at the early doors and get the get the get the early goal, uh, there's no doubt the the ground will be bouncing. But it just needs three points tomorrow. Uh, if we can get three points tomorrow, Limassol at home, we can relax and better a wee bit ahead of the ahead of the cup final as well. So. Yeah, listen, I think it's, it's going to be an interesting game tomorrow night. As far as team selections can concerned, I actually think it, it almost picks itself. I think he'll go, he'll obviously go Butland, Tav, Goldson. I wouldn't be at all surprised. Is Balogun in the European squad? No. He won't play. Ben Davies will surely start as, as right. the left side so half tomorrow. Barisic will start at left back, I would suspect. Yeah. Um, Lundstrom, Jack. I. Uh, Sima, Lammers, Cantwell, and Danilo. I can't see him doing much different from that, Reese. I don't know if there's anyone else that you would swap out in that eleven. It's it's hard because automatically there is people that I would bring in and swap out, but then you need to remember they're injured, they're not in the last year. <laughs> um and I can only imagine that's the sort of turmoil he's going through most days. Yeah. But 
I think I that does probably sound like our strongest eleven. I would be interested to see how Cantwell starts. Given the weekend, he's maybe just not had the great start that he would have liked at the weekend and maybe been taken off early for Scott Wright, possibly what's going to kick him on a wee bit. Yeah. The, the Cantwell thing at the weekend was really quite bizarre for me. I I, I did think, I, I still think he was taken off because he got that stupid yellow through no fault of his own, which I, I think we all agree with, but I did put him on a bit of a slippery slope for the rest of the game. Shows a real, uh, red card, he misses the final and he's one of our most influential players. However, um, he's not been at it so far this season for me and he's one of the players that we do need to be at it. Um, I'm really interested to see how Sam Lammers gets on after scoring that cracker at Dens Park last week. It was something that he builds on. I, I didn't think he was particularly great at the weekend um, but I'll be interested to see if he if he looks to, to build on that beautiful strike at Dundee. Uh, JB, Prediction for you for tomorrow. I do want to jump on the fans forum stuff shortly. So, prediction from you, JB, in the first instance for tomorrow night. I'll go with a 1 0 win. Which will take three points. We'll absolutely take it. Puts in a good position in the group. That's what it's all about. Um, Reese, yourself? 1 1. I think it was quite interesting today to hear Clement talking about maybe in hindsight, sometimes a draw looks okay because it helps you progress. And I think. With all the remaining results to go, if we draw with Prague again, would I be right in saying we're still ahead or equal to them in points? It will, it will, it will cause a problem on the head-to-head because the away goals then kick in. So if it's head-to-head, I'm not sure if it goes to goal difference or head-to-head, or head-to-head but if it goes to head-to-head, they'll naturally beat us there because they'll beat Limassol home and away, no danger. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I, I, I just think possibly we could end up with a, a shock even in Betis. I really think he is taking a one game at a time though, so I'll predict one each, but I think he's attacking mentality for that. Right, next game, that's all. Might see us win it and hopefully it does. So I've, I've been doing this podcast now for five years and Reese's came on tonight and stunned me with the quote, we should be fair to Aberdeen. And then secondly, he has quoted a draw at home in a European match at Ibrox. No, I was saying we should have gave the SFA a bit more credit for no listening to Aberdeen. <laughs> Aberdeen wanted 50-50 until they sold as many as they could and the SFA just didn't even give them the chance to do it. What a, it's a big night, JB, is all I can say. Um, listen, <laughs> I do want to speak a little bit before I let you disappear in the night about the... the um, CEO fans forum, lots of things that that came out of that, um, which which we'll cover. Um, first one that I want to speak about is the the imminent progress, or what seems to be imminent progress, and a bit of movement. JB on the director of football, stroke technical director role, um, James Bisgrove, given the given the impression that there may be a bit of movement in that over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, no, it was interesting the way uh, the way that came about. Obviously, it's got a wee bit quiet, I think, because Clement started so well. We've all kind of collectively forgot about it. I think there was a wee bit of a clamour prior to the appointment. Uh, I definitely think if we can get somebody in now with a view to start, obviously, getting to work ahead of January, I think it'd be really good. But yeah, it uh, sounds like conversations are going quite well. Uh, interesting, we haven't had a lot of names mentioned. Uh, there was initial flurry, wasn't there, of uh, Paul Jewell's son and... 
Uh, obviously, the boy that was in um, that was at Monaco with Clemens, uh, that's all gone a bit quiet. Um, obviously, he was linked with Manchester United, wasn't he? His name's escaped me. Uh, Paul Mitchell. Yeah. Who was it? Paul Mitchell. Paul Mitchell, yeah. So that one does feel a wee bit realistic, a wee bit probably overambitious, but um, no, it sounds like there's conversations being had. I think if we can get the right person in, uh, we'd rather take our time than rush that one, uh, because at the end of the day, that person's going to be the cornerstone of the footballing department. You've got yeah. to get it right. Um, you're almost better burning through two or three managers than what you are burning through two or three directors of football, do you know what I mean, to, to get this one right. But um, the fact that the, the director of football will be starting with a good a good manager to start with. So, um, so yeah, I will watch the space with that one. Do you know I think, think JB, sorry, Scott, JB, I think you're, um, I think you're quite right there about the time taking to appoint this guy because even if you just look at Ajax, now we all seen what Ajax were last season. Um, they lost Mark Overmars last season, brought in Sven Mislintat, who's subsequently been fired and I think we all know the disaster that I actually in a lot of business. He spent fifteen million in a boy from Middlesbrough. Like so that appointment I think it is crucial. Aye, definitely yeah. I think I'd, I'd seen something and the guy I think there's a chap Alex Inglethorpe who's been mentioned or linked with it as well. Um, was he involved at Liverpool? Yeah, I think he was in some way, shape or form, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a youth level, yeah. So, I've been to, I, I think it's one of these roles. It's almost obviously going to be a guy that's just going to appear out of nowhere, and he'll suddenly be the technical director, and he'll just drift in. He'll plant his backside down the chair, and he'll just go for it, which is probably what you want. And JB's absolutely right. I think because things have been so good since the new manager came in, largely everyone's quite happy and everyone's quite pleased with how things are looking in the back garden to be perfectly honest with you. Reese. Um one of the things that came up as well was the, the possibility of, of expansion to the stadium. Scott Hammond, who's watching us on Facebook, um, is referring to these positive plans. And I don't think he's talking about um, sort of capitalising on those pictures that we've seen on Twitter where um, the stands go six, seven, eight tiers higher. I think it's more just trying to squeeze in probably more seats in, in areas that it's, it's possible. I don't know what you stand on on maybe trying to expand the stadium, Reese. and Reese has disappeared, so I'll ask you that question, JB. I don't know if you think that it's something that over the fullness so, of time um, it's something we could potentially do. Would you be interested in seeing a bigger Ibrox, for example? Yeah, I can take that, Reese. if you're, you're back in or do you want me to go I, and take oh, it? Sorry, Liz, the laptop went into flight mode there for whatever reason and yeah. Wi-Fi and everything. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea how it happened, but um, I think it would be interesting to see an expanded Ibrox. I think it's probably a really good signal that the club's beginning to look to develop as a club overall. I think we've all seen the commercial aspect and the commercial growth, and we're quick to moan about selling our best players or parting our cash on four strips a season and stuff. But if you start to then see it being spent in aspects like that, then... Maybe it's something for the board to point to and go, well, it funded that and my jails that people like to complain about helped fund this and that's bridging that gap. And I think it's it would be really, really good for us. Rather than, I know it's a listed building in front of Ibrox, so you can't, there's limits to how much you can do with that. But even renovating around the sides, filling corners or whatever, then it's certainly something I'd love the club to crack on with and there's no doubt we'd fill the capacity no matter what it is. JB, stadium expansion, you in or out? 
I'm in, but not at the expense of the team. Do you know what I mean? Uh, we're in a position at the moment where we, when we, if you think about when we filled the corners in and we put the big screens in and stuff, that was yeah. eight, or, eight, or seven, eight in a row. That's fine. Let's worry about the stadium once, uh, once that trophy cabinet's getting used regularly. Uh, do you know what I mean? The the recent run of trophies has been totally unacceptable for the club. Um, and New Edmonton House, great, love it. I think it's 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 a it's an asset to the club. However, if somebody give me a choice of Edmonton House or a thirty goal a season striker, I know which one I'm taking right now. Uh, so without being too negative, we just need to make sure we're getting back on winning ways. Um, Fisgrove's not stupid. He knows that we'll we'll like the thought of a bigger Ibrox, and he knows we'll like the thought. So. He's probably playing that game a wee bit, uh, whether there's actually even any plans in place, it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, there's a lot of work going ahead with the disabled facilities. Um, yep. So I'd like to see them get that done first, deliver on that, and then worry about what the next project is for Ibrox. So, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's good to be talking about. Big thing for us all should be, um, as far as I'm concerned, and this is probably the... The last thing I'll, I'll say in the fans forum, unless we, we have anything else we want to go about, is that um, there looks to be a Wallace Smith statue ready for the beginning of the new year. Um, something that I think as, as the Rangers support, we should all be absolutely hammering the ball to make sure it happens then, as they have now said. Um, Jamie, I'm interested to know where, where you stand in that. I, you know what I mean? Wallace Smith gave us some incredible days and nights and weekends and all the other things that, that support that. Um, it's really important that his memory is properly um, properly remembered from from now until forever, to be perfectly honest with you. They need to get this absolutely spot on. Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, the word legend gets banged about, doesn't it, quite a lot, as we know, uh, but there's certainly nobody bigger. Um I remember once criticising Walter at a European game. We were in a Chinese restaurant and I remember criticising him because of the, the, the game the night before. It might have been also soon or something. I can't remember who it was. And uh, I remember my big mate Hunter, he walked out the restaurant in disgust <laughs> because I had, I had the audacity to question him. But that just probably goes to show the respect that that was that, he, that he's held. I've got to admit, I was probably in my young 20s at the time. So probably... I was only used to Rangers winning, do you know what I mean? So I was almost the case of, it's just what we do. It's probably not, and certainly probably my generation, it's not probably to look back and go, oh my God, how good was that? Um, I mean, I had my first season ticket in 95, and there was guys like Gascoigne and Laudrup, and you think about the characters that he had to manage um, yeah. and be successful with them, it was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and yeah, he's... Um, might be able to sight sight like they'll never be out of mind and I think having that type of that representation at the club, if it wasn't going to be a stand named after him, um I definitely think a statue is probably going to be the, the next the next best thing. Reese, anywhere obvious that you think that a statue of, of Walter Smith could should go? Um, um I think there's those pros and cons of probably every location as Rangers will have looked at. I yeah. think Possibly at either of the gates, similar to like the John Gregg statues location, yeah. might be a good option personally, just for the sake because you know what they're like. I would put it indoors in the museum, yeah, 100%. Personally, I would make sure it was indoors in the museum. Um, as probably grim as it sounds, it's a way to monetize it as well and incentivize people going to the museum and stuff. 
Yeah. But I would love to see it outside like the John Gregg one. I just think for the the security and the safety of the statue of such a man, I think you've got to prioritise the fact that once it's there, it's never moving and it's never damaged. And that's possibly why I would put it indoors, but just a personal choice. It could go anywhere else. And I think it's befitting of the man. I've always thought if it wasn't a statue, then I really like the idea of naming, see the wee, the kind of walkway from the subway. Yeah. There was like wee signs on the flagpole, the, the street lights on that that said like Walter Smith Way. Yeah. I've always thought that would be a nice idea, but the statue, its location, I think, probably isn't that significant. It's just the fact that we get it done and we remember the guy for what he was. 100%. Absolutely right. JB, one last thing. I, I know you were you were quite impressed with um, the gaffer's sort of cut of his conversation. At the fans forum um, yesterday, good to see him there in the first instance, um, and and speaking so positively. One of the things I said, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he did say something on the lines of, "He's very aware he's made the right decision by coming to Glasgow." Um, it's another. It, listen, it's soundbitey. I get that. I know that he's saying all the right things. We know, but he's he he, he seems to be saying it, and we hope that. From what we see, he's meaning it. He had a better opportunity to go to Saudi from a financial perspective. I think everyone's very aware of that. He maybe sees um, potential in the project, and I think it is a project that he's came into until he starts to bring in his own players. It will continue to be a project. But it was good to see him at the forum and the way that he spoke, I thought was quite positive too. I definitely. I mean, I think one thing he's touched on pretty much every interview he's done is about that bond between the players and the, fa- uh, the, players and the fans and the club in Hull. Um, Rangers fans are winners, do you know what I mean? As much as things haven't been great over, and that's probably why it hurts so much. Um, in the fact that we, we haven't been success, we haven't been anywhere near good enough in recent years, as I said earlier. So I think the fact that he's coming in and he wants to win and he wants to be surrounded by winners, winners breed winners, and winners like to surround themselves with winners. Um, and the fact that he is a winner, I don't know how many times I'm going to say winner in a sentence, but he's um, he's definitely um, he's, he feels like one of us already. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You feel as if he's kicking the ball for you. And that's one thing that we I think we almost felt under Gerard. We had some disappointments under Gerard, but we could see where it was going. And um, but we also felt as if if we were if we weren't playing well, we, there was a there was there was a fan in the changing rooms basically kicking asses. Uh, whereas I do feel under Mark Warburton, Gio, Kashinia, um Beale, it was almost a case of Who's doing the shouting in there? Is it the players shouting at the manager or is it the manager shouting at the players? Whereas I definitely think we're having that. Um, but in terms of attendance, I've got to say when the fans... Fo- the, I mean, my only gripe about the fans forum is the fact that there's, there's zero opportunity for anyone outside of pretty much Glasgow to attend uh, unless you're really willing to put the miles in. They tend to do them on a midweek. Uh, now you might go, well, we're a Glasgow club, so therefore do it at a time that is best for people in Glasgow. Then then great. Don't get me wrong, you can put your name forward and you can you can put the effort into doing it. It would be nice to see the club potentially do like a remote one. I mean, Teams is 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 the new... I've been on Teams calls with 1,200 people. Do you know what I mean? And people contributing and there's there's ways you can manage that. But fair play. Uh, I thought it was just going to be a tick box exercise that might dissolve and they'll just maybe send somebody from a, a particular department. But yesterday I had the chief... Um, uh, Brisgrove, I had the commercial officer, the financial officer... Director of Football Operations, the Head of Fan Engagement, Customer Service Manager, Head of Retail and Events, and the Manager. So 
it's that might be a light bulb moment that they're starting to go you know what if we work with these fans they'll buy into us more um but yeah no fair play to the club for that because they they come under a lot of a lot of grief rightfully so at times but um massive fair play to them especially if you consider if you compare the relationship between our fans and maybe a club not a million miles away from us um things are we're not getting banned from anywhere are we by our own club so all good you know, I, I think I think you can whisper it, but I, I think you can almost see a senior management team at, at Rangers that is all pushing in the correct, proper direction. Right. And I think it's been a long time since we've seen that. Um, yeah. Listen, that'll just about do us for tonight. I'm conscious of time. time. Always good to have you on. Thanks for coming on, mate. Appreciate it. All good. Yeah, three points tomorrow. Fingers crossed, mate. And Reese, always good to see you as well, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming back. Ah, uh, cheers, mate. I know, I don't know how that happened, but hopefully my prediction's a wee bit off and we get a win tomorrow night to secure it. Absolutely, mate. Three points. Sorry, Scott, I've just got one more. I've got a bit of big mate, Bruce in Belfast, who isn't doing too well at the moment, so he's in hospital, so just a bit of a yeah. shout-out to him. Uh, speedy recovery from everyone. Uh, this is Ibrox. Absolutely. Best wishes to Bruce. Yeah, I hope he's, his recovery is, is, is quick. Um... If you're not following us on social media, please do. As I've said before, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, thanks for doing that. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment, share with your friends everything that we are doing. and um, Put your notifications on and you will get a wee notification every time we go live. We're available right across social media on yeah. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the obvious places you can check us out there. Um, I am back on Sunday night with the Sunday session where we review the Livingston match which should be quite exciting. A uh, nice opportunity across the Tony Macarona against uh, David Martindale's Livingston. He'll be happy regardless come Sunday night, let's be brutally honest. Um, listen, good luck to Rangers tomorrow at Ibrox and good luck at the weekend as well. Thanks to JB and Reese for joining me tonight. And until Sunday, thanks for watching. Good night. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.